Mind Zone Muscle Community, welcome to the Fitness Pro Mentors interview series. If you want to hear some amazing interviews from amazing fitness professionals all over the world, please join our Fitness Pro Mentors private Facebook group. But today, let's make it rain. Mentors, we are here with another interview series, and I'm really excited about this one. As you know, we've been interviewing international exercise titans, if you will, people from all over the world lately. But there's someone that's near and dear to my heart that I'm really excited to introduce you to because he's kind of this nomadic, ironically enough, behind the scenes person here at Strata and at Fitness Pro Mentors. And he's really what I would say a rainmaker. And I'm hoping that today's interview gives you some insight. I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Taylor Pleschberger. Say hi, Taylor. Hey everyone, how's it going? So can't answer. Whoops. <laughs> so Taylor, I'm really excited to have on because as we're speaking to many of you who are in the mentorship and the Fitness Pro Leaders Program, we're talking about building a career, right? Really going from where you are currently now and getting to your first 10K month, 100K year, if you will, opening a studio, scaling your studio. But Taylor, the reason why I want to talk to him, he's doing a lot of things behind the scenes here at Strata and Fitness Pro Mentors, but he's like you. He started off really with nothing. And I met him when he had no career and watched him go from every single step to build up to where he is now, where he's got a really steady client base. He has a physician client that refers physician students to come observe him work. He's the operations manager here at Strata. He is now running our exercise mechanic study group for the Fitness Pro Mentorship Behind the Scenes, the Nomad Group program. He does almost everything here at Strata to help keep my head on straight. And I just first want to say before we talk about it, Taylor, thank you so much. I mean, you make my life easier because of how amazing you are. Well, you're welcome, Brandon. And thanks for having me. And thanks for having this, uh, this place and all these things that, that we get to do every day here at Serata. I'm going to keep that closer to you because <laughs> Taylor is new to the microphone world. And he's yep. got a beautiful voice, but it's a little quieter than ours. So what I'm going to do though, I want to ask you some questions, Taylor, because uh, you had an interesting upbringing, right? Funny little story, Taylor, and like myself, if you guys know Toronto, you'll know Ben Bukalski as a bodybuilder, was a major influence in the local scene here for people who like to work out. And so my mentor, uh, Peter Chason at Core Strength, used to do muscle activation techniques on Ben. And Ben was a huge fan of Peter and all the work that Peter did. Taylor was an avid bodybuilder fanatic like myself and many of his friends. And I think you won a contest. Is that right? Uh, well, I was at uh, one of his mini camps presentation days. And then uh, it happened to be my birthday the next day. And someone that I know that trained with him told him. And then we we did a, we won the contest to train with him the next day. And uh, that was actually Eric Patchell that works here as well. So we both went and trained with him the day after. So that was cool being a young guy. So you got to work out with Ben and then Ben, I believe kind of coerced you and mentioned what we were doing and referred you to come to core strength to come see Peter or Eric, I think, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, at that time I was in school studying exercise and, uh, was really into everything, treated my body kind of like a Guinea pig. And I wanted to try and get as big as I could, as strong as I could, all of those types of things. Uh, some of the people that walked into my dorm room could tell, thought I was like a chemist or something at all these raw ingredients <laughs> of supplements and workout plans on the wall. Everything was mapped out six weeks in advance and all these undulating nonlinear periodization schemes. And, um, and it was kind of my exposure through Ben and kind of getting exposed to thinking about exercise in, in more detail rather than just setting up the sets and reps um, that kind of got me into, into where 
kind of led to meeting you and getting into core strength and uh, some injuries that I had. And that's how, that's how kind of everything got started back in 2013, I believe. 2013. Yeah. And it's one of those really cool things where kind of everything happens for a reason. Because at core strength, I was a new market resident working at a place in Toronto. And I was like low on the totem pole. So when there were referrals that no one else really wanted to work with, they would come to me. And Taylor at that time, and pardon me for saying this, but being just kind of like a younger workout dude with an elbow injury and a couple other small stuff, they referred him to me. And now how crazy is it that, I mean, I've got this place up here, you're a big part of the team, and now we're here. I mean, it's just this really cool small world. So I would say quickly, professionally, be sure to treat everyone really, really well. Because if you do a great job and you over exceed expectations and you really deliver, uh, sometimes it might turn into an amazing relationship and friendship like Taylor and I have. But where I want to ask you about Taylor, mm -hmm. you did all this crazy, unique stuff. You're someone who's really detail oriented and you were talking about your supplement and workout program and you look like a chemist. Why, where does that come from? Where do you get fired up to be such a detail oriented digging in? Like, what is it? What was the first thing you recall where you started like really breaking everything down to the small minutia and mastering it? Um, let me think about that. Uh, I don't know. I, everyone has their quirks, I guess, or their things that they're, that they're good at or that they kind of focus on for me. Uh, for whatever reason, details were, were always important to me. Now it was like weird things as a kid, like four or five years old. It was like random stuff. I probably never even mentioned this was like how many exhaust pipes come off of a car and like knowing every car brand and model. Oh, that one has dual exhaust or this or that. And I don't know why I cared about that at that time, but like anything that I clued in on, that's all I would do and focus on it. And kind of obsess over it to a, to a fault sometimes, but it definitely has helped me out in, in this line of work and career and kind of moving forward. Yeah. I, I would say that one of the things we talk about as people are scaling and growing their business is that if you're a business owner and you're trying to build a team of Avenger class people to help you reach your uh, target audience better and meet more people, you have to find people that have strengths that are not like yours at all. And I would say that I'm like a creator and kind of like a, I guess it's cheesy to say, entrepreneurial style person where I like to develop things and grow things and study things so I can kind of grow it bigger, 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 bigger. And I uh, am not a detailed person. I miss details because I'm kind of always looking for the next big thing that I can put some energy into. And so, Taylor, I mean, honestly, you quite literally, all my, the, the nonsense, and I don't mean this to sound in a condescending way at all, like whatever weaknesses I have are really your strengths, which is, in my opinion, you being an operations manager here, is what helps to make Stratus so robust, is because everything is covered. The small details of things on the floor, the details of even regulations around COVID-19 stuff that we've been dealing, mm -hmm. things that I just oh, I skip right over, you find all these things, which helps us to stay on track and really do a great job. So all that exhaust training that you did as a young kid has really helped this business grow in a big, big way. Right. Well, I'm glad that it was beneficial for something. <laughs> um, yeah. And I would say, yeah, in terms of, in terms of your strengths and in my strengths, definitely uh, the things that I admire about you and the things that are, that are strengths for you definitely encourage me and help me along and help me get better at those things. And some of the minutia or detail things, when I mention them, you definitely have 
worked on that and tried to slow yourself down to kind of pick up things where where needed um, just to make sure that you're improving as well. So that's always uh, that's something that I've seen, which is such a big thing that no matter how how successful someone is or how how well someone's doing um, that they're open to to constructive I don't want to say criticism, but open to things that they can improve upon or maybe details they're missing. So that's something that I've seen, not just with yourself, but other people that, that are kind of successful and uh, doing well in their, in their careers and lines of work as, as well. So, yeah, I mean, there's this big thing that you've heard Glenn and I talk about when we talk about in the mentorship program, this identity and role that we learned uh, from Greg Mack through the muscle system specialist program, but comes from transactional analysis, the book. And I really try to honor that as much as I can, because I think that, and this is where we're going to, we're going to tangent to something for you is I think that emotional attachments and fears that you may have around specific things attached to you, your identity and who your natural self is, I, I think it can be a real um, limiting factor for a lot of people. And if someone says something like Taylor, like for me, he's calling me out and say, Hey, you got to pay attention to this thing here. Uh, I will work on that because I do need to. And even though it might not be my favorite thing and maybe I don't like it, I have to put the time into it. I have to, because it's really something that I need to get better at while Taylor has things that he's worked on, which is one of the reasons why I want to talk to him because he has really, I've seen Taylor go from someone who's not comfortable talking to people to quite literally sitting on a bench in the Upper Canada Mall, our local mall here, talking to randos, having a conversation for the sake of having a conversation. And I will say this first and foremost before we talk to Taylor about this, if that sounds like nothing to you, I dare you to go to your local mall or Starbucks and have a conversation with three people and somehow bring up your an exercise professional in the conversation without being weird about it. But on that note, Taylor, can you tell me about that? I mean, there's something I, I told you, you were saying you wanted to get better at talking to people. And I threw you out there. I said, Hey, you should go to the mall and try and talk to some people. And you did that. Can you tell us about that experience? Well, uh, it was interesting. Um, I would say I'm definitely someone personality wise that likes to do a lot of things on my own. I guess I am a nomad in that regard. Um, but of course I do like to work with people. I like to work with people one-on-one. -on -one. That's why I enjoy this type of work and, uh, find it very fulfilling to, to help people move better, feel better, uh, be as pain-free as possible and, and be able to exercise and feel good. Um, but going out into the world, like busy places or things like networking events, that was another thing that, that you had, that you recommended. And that was definitely, uh, a good experience and was, uh, something to kind of break through some barriers and hurdles that I never would have uh, probably done on my own. But definitely the going out to a crowded public area and kind of putting yourself on the spot. Um, it's very easy to be exposed. So that was something that going in, like a fear that I have was like, oh, someone's going to find find me out. Oh, I'm kind of like this door-to-door -door salesman guy. And for myself, uh, I kind of just went, did it tried not to think too much about it. And the first person that actually talked to me, I was just sitting there kind of like, who am I going to talk to? And, uh, he actually approached me and said, Hey, how's it going? Sat beside me. And, and it was, it was kind of a cool experience where you kind of put yourself in a bit of a vulnerable spot and kind of be genuine and, and try and make something work. Uh, usually people are going to be more receptive to that than coming in all prim and proper wearing a suit and tie and walking around with, uh, your briefcase or your clipboard looking, looking like the traditional salesperson and kind of 
looking fishy on the spot versus someone who's being casual, uh, very non-invasive and kind of relaxed. So that, that was an interesting experience for myself to kind of see uh, that that could work and that uh, someone wasn't going to punch me in the face and dump their uh, iced coffee on my head. Now, one of the things, Taylor, that I'm not sure everyone here knows because Taylor's been working on some different stuff behind the scenes at Fitness Pro Mentors, which I'm excited to talk about, is, um, you know, one of the things we do in our program is some one-on-one guidance with people and really challenge people. And so if you don't want me asking, I mean, you working with folks mm-hmm. similar to yourself that might be afraid of being caught and are unsure of how to get in front of people so they can share their expertise. Do you have any suggestions or uh, intuition that you can share with these people? Um, so I guess one, one other aspect of myself, it kind of goes in, goes hand in hand with the detail orientated, uh, focusing on the minutia side of things is that I tend to overanalyze stuff as you know. So for myself, uh, that was a big hurdle to get over was instead of sitting down thinking about it, this is a big thing, like with content creation, having B plus content versus trying to get an A plus every time, um, getting it out there, uh, of, it's we want it to be fairly good quality, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, getting that content out there and improving it over time is what's going to help. So for myself, it was, well, I got to make it perfect. If I'm going to talk to this person, it's got to go great. I don't want it to fail. It has to go right versus uh, for myself. I just had to get out there and say, you know what? Nothing bad's going to happen. I don't have to have everything planned out ahead. It's got to be organic. It's got to be uh, intuitive. And so that was for me just going walking in and doing it versus sitting and analyzing it because then it it would be very easy to talk myself out of it or pick somewhere else that um, might seem easier, but I might not actually talk to someone because there might not be as many people there. Um, Yeah, I guess just putting your head down and just doing it. I guess that Nike slogan, just do it. It's it's true. Uh, That was a big thing for me just because uh, I know a few people in the program, in the Fitness Pro Mentors program that I work with, and um, a lot of you people as well are probably detail-orientated. It definitely comes with this line of work a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I've seen as well. So kind of just going for it and doing it. And um, if it doesn't go that well, it's a learning experience. A few times for me, there was a few instances at the time that I didn't think went as well as, as I wanted them to, and then reflecting on it. Uh, it was definitely a good learning experience and, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to learn. You've got to just get out there and do it. And you said a couple of big things there. It's that idea that B plus consistently is mm-hmm. better than a plus perfectionist, but also procrastinated. Yeah. And that's what I find a lot of people do because there's many of you like you who are brilliant and have a ton of incredible information to share. And the people out there humans, your prospective clients could truly benefit from what you have in your head. But what's stopping you from sharing that message, that irresistible offer you have those people is that fear, that concern of, like Taylor said, I'm going to get caught. And you're not going to get caught. You're not. Because if you're coming from this place of being like a genuine self, and you're truly trying to educate people from a genuine place, as Taylor's now kind of alluding to, you're going to really help people. And there's an incredible opportunity to communicate to a lot of folks. And it's funny. I mean, we were talking about this. I think we have like 30% of our gross revenue from this business come from people that I've done presentations for that have come in into my schedule, Chris's schedule, Taylor's schedule, and Glenn's schedule uh, before COVID. Um, 
which is crazy, right? 30%. That's from me going out there and talking to people. So you just got to do it. You got to do it. Yep. No, and I can say for sure, definitely the proof is in the pudding. Uh, I can think of three clients off the top of my head that I've been working with for over three years now that are very solid, consistent clients um, that that came from presentations. And two of them were presentations that I attended. And at the time, it didn't seem like like it was anything special. Like it wasn't like everyone that showed up was calling us or was returning our calls or following up with us. But the two people that really took that message and, and learned from that presentation um, are great long-term clients. So it, it definitely pays itself back over time and building up that, that uh, kind of uh, authority in the community or that, that presence as an expert in the community. I've definitely seen that, uh, be beneficial for for strata and, and yourself and it's one of the huge things we talk about in the program is getting out there and talking to people and becoming a, a local expert because you are if you truly want to make a good career at this whether or not you have an amazing level of different information from your peers you got to get out there and share it and so it's funny you bring up your clients and there's one particular client that i'll just say his first name wayne and i remember doing that presentation distinctly now first and foremost just talking about the idea of doing a presentation in front of people Sure, it's terrifying, but think of it this way. If you do a presentation and it blows chunks, like this one I'm about to talk about, and you're in a really small room, you don't do a great job, you have technical difficulties along the way, like I did for the presentation of Wayne. We were in a 10 by 10 room with 11 people. It was insane. I had a tiny table where I was trying to demonstrate some isometric exercise, how it made changes. And my TV presentation of this gentleman walking with the music didn't work. It was one of my worst presentations, and that took an hour and a half of my time driving there, doing an hour presentation, 15 minutes driving back home, and a lot of people said they were interested, which was crazy. One went on to be a long-term client. Now, I don't know Wayne's numbers, and I'm making these up, but say for the last four years, he's seen Taylor once a month for $100. How much money is that 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 hour and a half brought me over four years. Is that $4,800 more than that? So if you think of it that way, that the lifetime value of a client from doing one presentation, you get $5,000 from doing one hour of work. And those nine people didn't spend any money on you and sign up with your services. But what do you now have? Is you have nine people now who know who you are, who have family and friends that now know you do this crazy personal training thing where you can help people with X, Y, and Z. And so it's amazing. You got to get out there. Speaking of getting out there, you worked at Good Life. I did for a brief period of time, but yep. What was that like? Um, you know, it was my first formal uh, foray into this line of work. So, I mean, um, it was good to kind of get exposed to the industry and, and to get in front of some people. And uh, it was interesting. I had never really worked with clients, but right away... I was getting all the all the challenging clients that had all the issues because either the other trainers didn't want to work with them or uh, the gentleman that was the manager um, uh, wanted me to work with them based on my education background. And uh, I was kind of a fish out of water, but uh, the learning experience for me there was no one else there knew my, my experience or the clients didn't necessarily uh, know that this was the first person I was working with who had MS or things like that, uh, believe that or not. Uh, yeah. First client ever 
was a, a gentleman in his late sixties who had MS and was trying to be able to continue walking. Um, I'll say it was one of the most profound experiences I ever had, uh, in my life and in this career. But, uh, yeah, that's something you can experience when you're at a big box gym or at a more commercial facility is kind of things that probably would not fly or be appropriate at other, uh, private facilities or what you might not, uh, do with yourself, but that can, that can happen at other facilities and doesn't mean that that there's anything wrong with those facilities. It's just, it depends on what, what you want to do with your career and how you want to make a run at it. So I think if you guys have been watching this for a while, you know that I used to teach for Tom Purvis. And before I taught my first course, I said, Hey Tom, how do you know someone's ready to teach? And he said, well, no one's ever ready to teach. <laughs> and I would argue that when, when do you know someone's ready to, to work with their first client? Well, no one's ever really ready to work with their first client. And you said that working with this MS person was really a profound experience. Uh, what was so profound about it to you? What stands out from that experience that's maybe shaped what you are now? Um, just the my thoughts about what what services I could offer and how being a first client is this even someone that's appropriate for me to work with? Yeah, and realizing that well is anyone else here going to be a better fit for this gentleman? He had already had sessions paid for it's technically was in my scope of practice at the time as well. I, I had to kind of tell myself, there's no reason not to this gentleman's paying for your time. He's trusting you to work with him. You have to make sure that you're confident and um, you're staying within your, your boundaries and, and see what you can do. Um, so yeah, it w it was great to see the progression and, and see what, what could be done with, uh, with this gentleman. But, um, yeah, it was another example of if I overanalyzed it, I probably would have gone to the manager and said, you know what, I shouldn't be working with this client. Um, now if it was a severe enough situation or over time working with this client, things were not going the right way. Certainly it would be my responsibility to bring that up just like in any profession, but, uh, it was definitely a good learning experience. And, uh, I learned a lot about myself and my abilities on the fly and, uh, kind of in a crowded, busy, busy area and kind of being on the spot. And, uh, that was Mario. Yeah. Yes, it was. Mario, if you're listening to this, this is a typical move that you would do is throw someone with an advanced condition towards a very knowledgeable and experienced person. But the reason why he does that, I do know, is because he does know that you can help him. And I'm sure, I don't know who was working at that facility with you. I'm sure that you were the best equipped person there. And at least from maybe not a technical perspective, but from a detail-oriented and thought process perspective. I really do. Really do. And Taylor, even now, this reason why I'm talking about Taylor inventing himself. I mean, he's put all this time in to really develop. And I mean, when I first met Taylor, he was really anxious, quiet, you know, nomadic introvert kind of person and still is to some degree, but much less than he was and was, you know, would have a real hard time when I'd say, hey, go talk to that person you don't know. But you've consistently challenged yourself and put yourself in other in, uh, positions to grow. And uh, I feel really bad about recommending you to go work at Good Life with Mario. 
but I did know that when we were talking about you wanting to have a career at this, that going to a good life, going to one of those big box places where you didn't have to worry about getting clients and just like dealing in with people and working with people would be a great way to start just building your business and getting comfortable. Because it's hard because in this industry, if you just kind of go, hey, I'm going to go entrepreneur, personal trainer right away, you have to juggle getting your technical skills dialed in and having business skills. If you're working at one of these big, uh, big gyms, you just got to work on your technical stuff because in most cases, the sales are taken care of for you to some extent. So I apologize for you having to do that. Yeah, good life experience. Well, it it was a it was a good experience, and certainly um, uh, I learned a lot from Mario, and it was a good uh, a good time there in terms of getting that uh, getting that first kind of leap into the pool. And uh, yeah, no, I learned a lot from him. It was a great experience. I, I have no regrets, but yeah, it definitely gave me that perspective of of that type of facility and and uh, how things were. It was definitely a little different than I'm sure other good lives, just based on. Mario's approach so it's definitely that's uh one of the reasons why because could have gone to any good life but definitely with your recommendation and um him being there was definitely the best fit to start at so I definitely Uh, wouldn't change anything I knew he would be I mean he's a great great um leader and challenger and I think we should have him on one day because I think that'd actually be a fun little episode so Mario if you're listening to this entire episode at this point send me a message we can figure something out but Taylor I got two more big things I want to ask you Um, one of the things I'm really excited about for Taylor. So one thing that I've been doing for years is I've been running a study group since I started starting RTS at Persichini Fitness that extended onto Maximum Fitness and then to here and I've honored it. And then I added a second one here and now it's grown to something much bigger. And for the first time in my career, someone's taking over one of those study groups and it's Taylor. And I'm really excited about it because it does two things. It gives me more time to work on maybe another study group idea I have. Future coming. But um, it really kind of shows your proficiency with the information and the growth. And you've done a few of these study groups now. And I just wanted to ask, like, maybe you could tell your story of, you know, if someone was interested in becoming an educator and doing some education-based stuff, what kind of stuff do they need to do and how's your experience been getting to this point? Um, what I would say is definitely at first, early on, being a participant in the study groups, that was kind of something that when I started seeing you at CORE originally, it's like, hey, I do this study group. Um, you're free. You're welcome to join. Let's see if it can work. Um, kind of exposing me to the RTS background and stuff like that. So that was cool to kind of see. Fishing early. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and no, but I, I was I was a good fish to be caught because I it was I was the right fit. So you were, you were. I remember at the time you were very hyped and you were you were just getting into the teaching side formally. And mm-hmm. I think I was part of one of the first your first uh, classes uh, for RTS. At I LA think Fitness. one of the first. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I think you had just started wearing the minimus shoes or something. Your back back was giving you trouble and. Oh no, it wasn't. I, no, I what, minimus new balance. If you're listening to this, you guys suck. No, they made an incredible model that I wore for years. And then I got the uh, change, the minimus model. And it was really cool. I still have them downstairs. I play drums with them. They're my drum shoes still. And they have this raised heel and I don't know why, but they kicked my back's ass so bad. I, I literally, after that weekend, never wore them out in public ever again because <laughs> it was so bad. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. Please. Yes, you're part of the first RTS in yeah. LA Fitness with me. Yeah. So, like, being in the position I was just coming out of more of the formal education stream, figuring out, okay, where do I, 
where do I go with this? How do I actually get into, get into this from a work perspective? Uh, taking that course definitely opened my eyes to how to work with people one-on-one, how to practically, um, help people with exercise and kind of expose me to this idea of, okay, Brandon's a trainer. He does training. He does all this cool stuff. He's, he's teaching though. Now he's educating and kind of you talking about a big part of how you learned and got better at this for your clients was, was teaching and, and communicating it to others. So right away, that was, that was, that was brought up right from the start and for myself for a long time it was kind of procrastinating that or saying uh it's not really something i'm good at or i want to just work with people one-on-one i don't really want to be a teacher or an instructor or get into things like that and then over time as as the education developed for me and as as i started working with more and more clients and strata developed and things really blew up from there um you you pushed me to to start talking about it with people uh see if i can help anyone else here that had questions or things like that really start to prop me up and and give me a chance really to to develop more skills um because you saw something in me that i didn't see in myself which is a big thing um for us it's good it's good for us to have mentors or to have uh people in our corner to one to keep us accountable and tell us tell us up front the straight truth if if we're dogging on something or if we're if we're really doing something well um, it really helps to have someone in your corner who's on your side that wants the best for you so from the mentorship side of things um, I'm kind of one of the first first people that really kind of took this program through you over time Um, so I've definitely reaped the benefits from that but from the education learning teaching side of things uh, just seeing how how well you communicated with your clients and how much the communicating that to other professionals and really it being a like you like you like you call it also a and how a lot of people uh, that are respected instructors that that you've interviewed and that have been friends of yours for a long time um, call it study groups that uh, it's really a roundtable discussion it's not I'm in charge I'm at the front my word goes don't. Mm-hmm don't question me, things like that. It's really a discussion. You're there to lead and to steer the direction of the conversation to, to help, to help it be beneficial for everyone participating, but you're learning just as much as the, uh, as the participants in the study group. So that was a big thing for me to see. Um, and then kind of having, getting nudged a little bit here and there to kind of, to kind of talk about this more and then doing some, uh, tutoring and education consulting for, for trainers one-on-one and getting some, some experience that way and seeing, seeing how I can, how I can be a value in that regard, uh, has now evolved into more the small group setting, which is something I never thought I would do. And, uh, gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and definitely something that uh, has been beneficial for me in my toolbox in terms of being able to communicate with clients one-on-one, uh, being able to try and say things multiple different ways for different participants. But it's still a new thing for me. I'm kind of, uh, anytime you do something new, I still feel like a fish out of water, but I know that that will make me um, work harder and and take this seriously and make sure that I provide uh, the best quality product possible and that participants feel that, that it's a good round table discussion and that, uh, they're getting something out of it. So thanks for, uh, 
pushing me along. Man, well, you have an incredible amount of knowledge and you're already an incredible communicator. And I'm glad, I mean, there's a couple of things I know I told you at the beginning of your career and I'm gonna bring up one of them, which we haven't talked about yet, but teaching is such a powerful tool and you don't need to necessarily become an instructor for other exercise professionals. But if you do wanna be recognized in your area as an industry leader, I do think if you're looking for great trainers to join your team or you're trying to identify if you want to practice material, even if you really want to, having educational study groups where you get like, hey, we're going to talk about post-activation potentiation like the pilot program I did. And if this blows mm -hmm. chunks, let me know because I want to figure out how I can make it better. And being 100% emotionally detached from that so you can make it better. So you can be the best person you can. And you've done that incredibly. Like You really have consistently challenged yourself and put yourself out there. So I'm so stoked you're taking over the study groups, the exercise ones, because you have all the knowledge. It's just getting that delivery, which is great. Um, one of the other things that I told you once that you told me you were unhappy with, but then you're okay with was when I first met Taylor, I was an exercise mechanics person and you were really heavily influenced by the exercise mechanics. Mm. And then you were like, well, I want to get clients. I got to get some money. And I basically said, listen, honestly, if you stopped learning everything right now and focused on communication and business, you'd build an incredible career. And I remember you telling me later, years later, that that didn't sit well with you, but now you see why that's so important and what I meant. Do you mind elaborating on that? Yeah, no, I I do remember it very clearly. Um, it was, I think it was like halfway through the study group for that Friday morning at at Maximum Fitness there in the in the physio, uh, uh, kind of. By the way, consulting room that you had. Yep. Someone says. Taylor is awesome. Someone loves you watching oh. the live stream. So whoever that is, thank you so much. Taylor is awesome. Absolutely. All right. I'll take that. Thank you. Um, so where was it? Oh yeah. So at maximum fitness, um, uh, yeah, I remember clearly halfway through that study group, we were talking about, they were talking about something about continuum training, some, something exercise mechanics related. And I'm like, salivating and all that kind of thing like really into that and then you kind of pause and you say well you know what let's kind of take a step back for a second and and it was that uh you know if you guys don't because i was there with uh with a few other younger trainers and a couple experienced trainers that have been trainers for a long time but um w were not as busy as they wanted to be weren't at the point in their career that they wanted to be yet and um you said that uh, if you guys stop learning now, like this stuff is all great, but if you stop now and you and you focus more on the business side, um, you guys would be able to help clients for life and have a, a self-sufficient career. You could actually make a go at this. And I think, I, I believe at the time, the biggest thing was that myself, a couple other um, people that were there were, were so focused on the learning, the exercise mechanics side of things that we we're basically doing nothing to to develop our clients that if we just learn more and knew more about exercise that clients would somehow magically appear <laughs> and um i know at that time for me it was a little frustrating to hear that thinking but if i if i know how to help clients and i'm and i'm good at at being able to help them that's that's all that should matter but that's it not is the what should we, matter but yeah that's not the world we live in and um, I realized, uh, that not right away then, but that stuck with me. And that was something that when I, when I would come in to see you or come into study groups, um, 
seeing that you had just finished an appointment with a client, you, we had to finish the study group on time because you had to make sure that you're ready for your next appointment. Everything was education and learning, but at the same time, it was very much business focused as well. So really trying to have this balance uh, between the two and working on those different, yeah, juggling those different skills and making sure that, that you were taking time to get good at all of them. So it was uh, definitely something that stuck with me since that time. And I, and I, I still have to remind myself about that at times. Um, so yeah, no, I would say you're right in that it was a little bit frustrating and kind of took me back for a second at that time. But uh, looking back, if I would have jumped on that even sooner, oh, yeah. uh, who knows? I, I mean, I'm happy where I'm at. I wouldn't change anything, but um, it's it's definitely the sooner you get on the get on the business side of things, improving the communication, trying to get yourself in front of more people, the better you're going to do. Because everyone that's watching this are already people that are in this career for the right reasons. They're genuine exercise professionals and want to get better and be better. Um, we got to see clients to be able to do that. That that's something that that stuck with me for sure from that time. Gotta get humans in front of you. And so the number of folks I know who are on the tens of thousands of dollars of journey flying all over the world to learn from industry leaders, just like I did and just like Taylor did, um, is really incredible experience. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of like-minded people. You get a break from where you live. You go meet these people. You're in a whole new world learning all about just muscles and physics. And it's cool. And it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, but myself and Taylor and many of our peers um, struggled because we kept learning and learning and learning and had no clients. And that's what I keep talking about with this program, which is the providence of Fitness Pro Mentors and all the processes we have and all the investments I've made into mentors over the years to turn into what we are now. So Taylor, you mean you really have made a full swing and I mean, you have an incredible balance. It's absolutely amazing. Um, I want to ask you one last thing to kind of round out today. Mm-hmm. If you had one piece of advice to offer a new trainer jumping into the career, like one profound, super important thing, what would be the number one thing you would tell a trainer to do as they're getting going so they can have the career that they want? Get in front of as many people as you possibly can. Don't worry about whether they're going to be a client or not. Um, Whether it's you're working at a commercial gym and you're getting handed consultations or you're, you're on the gym floor during prospecting time and you're, and you're to walk around the gym and talk with people, work on your communication skills, work on your, on your ability to convert that person into a, into a consult. And, um, you got nothing to lose there. That was a big thing for me that I realized was if it doesn't become a consult or that person doesn't become a client, there's no bomb going to go off. Hopefully. So it's no big deal. Um, And making sure that you're always thinking about where is that next client going to come from? Because I know at points in my career, even a few years ago, obviously COVID's uh, created a big whirlwind, especially here in Ontario, Canada, for for some of the U.S. and other people watching. Um, But even a couple of years ago when when I was working with as many clients as I wanted to at the time, uh, this is something that you've talked a lot about in the program. I won't get into too too much detail with it but that just because you're at the number of hours or you're seeing the number of clients that you want to see 
You got to nurture those clients' relationships. You got to build upon those. Um, there's no reason to stop asking for referrals or to continue to develop your business. That if you're at those number of hours that you want to be at and things are, are good, nothing stays that way. There's always going to be things changing. Clients are going to move away. Clients, unfortunately, that's part of the part of the business is clients get older, um, potentially pass on or are unable to come and see us. Um, it, a big part of this job is it's very profound. We get to get to work with people uh, and improve their quality of life and really make changes in their life. But at the same time, they're not always going to be here. Humans, we are somewhat fragile. Things do change. So you always have to be developing and looking at, okay, where's my next client going to be coming from? How is my website? How are, how is my online presence? All of these things that I've seen with you, like even if you have a, a full client businesses, okay, Oh, you're asking for referrals this week? You're focusing on that? Oh, okay. I thought you weren't taking on any more clients. Oh, oh, that's why. Oh, that makes sense. And realizing that, geez, you don't, just like in any sport, you don't, you don't stop practicing after you win the championship. MJ and the Bulls, I mean, you win six championships, however many they won. And there's, uh, I mean, I bring that up just because they got that Netflix documentary. Um, a lot of people maybe have seen. Um, it, it's like just because you get to a certain level you you don't stay there just by being stagnant and just hoping that oh i things are going i'm going to maintain these 30 hours that's great things are great week to week next thing you know it's 28 hours 26 hours 24 hours next thing you know you're like why am i only doing 20 hours a week oh i haven't been doing this i haven't been doing that i've been just hoping and maintaining and thinking that things are going to be fine now that i've gotten to this certain level yeah. um I mean, there's a lot of people that have been doing this for a lot longer than myself, but, um, being in this industry working for, I believe six or probably seven, seven years now. Um, it's really not that long, but I mean, it's, it's long enough that I've seen some things. Um, definitely trainers that I've talked to who have been doing this for 10, 15 years, um, realizing that when I've talked to them, if they did a few different things and, and actually just stay diligent on maintaining their business by being proactive and making sure that, that they were taking a few steps, it doesn't have to take over your whole life just to maintain your business. Uh, just being strategic and efficient, um, they can maintain, maintain their business. And that was something I saw at a facility that I worked at previously. Um, and kind of, I, I had the benefit of being a younger, younger trainer being early in my career that it wasn't, uh, make or break. If I was at a certain number of hours right at that time, I wasn't going to lose my house or my car or anything like that. Um, but being a little bit, I'm almost 30 now, 29, oh, getting white, white hairs. In Dude, the beard just take stuff. it easy. I'm like way older than you. We got to drop the well, age comments. Come on. My hair's but, falling out the back and my beard's going faster. It's all kinds of problems. So <laughs> I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that no matter how long you've been doing this, there is no end. Uh, we can all have have times where clients drop off or business goes down a bit. We have to have strategies in place and have a good a good network and a good framework, whether it's online or uh, all the different aspects that that you talk about, Brandon, in the program and and things that you I don't want to say harp on, but that you you talk about a lot with us here. Um, really for our own benefit. I mean, we all benefit here from Strata being strong and we've been really resilient and, and have done quite well through 
of these year and a half almost of, of COVID and have been strong when so many gyms have been closing. And it's, it's sad to see because we don't want anyone to lose their, their, um, their livelihood, but we've been, we've been really strong and we've had a lot of clients reach out to us and, and say, we're, we'll be back when you guys reopen and are seeing us virtually or other things like that. Um, because there's been this, this good culture and this, this professional, this professional relationship amongst everyone that works here and developing yeah. this, this brand and this environment. And then everyone's individual, um, kind of brands or professional skill sets within the business and having that all, yeah, meshed together yeah. And, and everyone working towards the same goal. Um, uh, that's something that I know other trainers and other people would benefit that if they're working on their own and they've got a facility and they're doing good, that taking that risk of maybe, hiring someone on or starting to host a study group and, and mentoring them and seeing where that goes. I mean, myself and Eric here are both. Glenn both, too. Uh, and, yeah. And Glenn for Glenn, sure. Yeah. That are, that are uh, full-time trainers here that. And Margaret. And Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret's awesome, by the way. Margaret's awesome. Um, uh, hopefully I'll see her soon. We miss you, Margaret. Yeah. And uh, uh, we, we, we've all come from study groups that Brandon hosted. So, I mean, for me, um, it's a little different role being, being involved in the study groups a little bit more now, but kind of seeing the growth and development and, and how much you can develop your business and find like-minded trainers and like-minded professionals that either you can network with, um, work with, or like have them come on and work, work with you at your facility or, uh, partnering up at a facility. Like, I mean, it, it, it's pretty amazing how things are over time. Like looking back, um, to those early study groups or just meeting you at core and seeing like, Oh, this is where we're at now. Even in a year and a half after COVID things are progressing, things are developing, yeah. exciting things are happening here at Strata. It, it never ends. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a rant, but hopefully it was, it was positive. It was absolutely positive. And I mean, the reason why things continue to grow is because at the very beginning of my career, I put the time in to do those educational things. And it helped me find an amazing team of people like Taylor, like Glenn, like Chris, like Eric, like Margaret, like everyone that's here to help us grow and grow and grow. And even now we've got some new people starting with us that I'm super excited about mm -hmm. uh, that are going to help even push us even further. And a big part of why that's all working. And I don't want to say it's because of me. It really isn't. It's because we have a niche market. We work hard together to go a cohesive direction. We have professionalism. We work hard. Everyone in Newmarket, we stand out. We really do stand out. That if you open a place that's kind of a commodity style fitness place or even personal training studio, our studio stands at a bright yellow spot that talks about pain-free exercise all the time. It has pictures of 65-year-olds all over the place. Is that deliberate? Yes, but it works. And so it's really amazing. And so I'm super honored I mean, I can't tell you how much if I say it to you and I'll say it publicly, like I'm, I love you and I appreciate everything you do because uh, you help make everything we do here that much better. So thank you so much, Taylor. Well, thank you, Brandon, as well. Yeah. Props. All right, everybody. Hey, listen, we do these live streams every Friday. By the way, the next two weeks, we're not actually because I'm having a baby girl sometime in the next few days. Crazy. It's going to be nuts. But uh, stay tuned. If you have any friends that are in, would enjoy this type of content, talking to people like Taylor, we're going to be interviewing Jason Braun of the inventor of Pure Torque when I get back. Then we're going to be interviewing Michael Goulden of Integra Education and Integra Personal Training. And we're going to get Charlie McMillan and Tom Purvis back in. We're going to talk to them all again. we got a lot of great people signed up. So if you know anyone that would benefit from this, 
please invite them to the group. If you want to go faster within your business and talk about some of these systems to do what Taylor did in six years, you want to do it in three months, we can help you do that. And we'd love to talk to you. So please join the group. Send us a message if you want to go faster and grow your business. But ultimately, thank you so much. And if you're listening to this live, I hope you have a wonderful